Top of the news this evening is speculation concerning the real facts behind the Department of Health announcement about a radioactive spill supposed to have occurred yesterday at the state nuclear plant. You will die only to live again in a younger body. Then you can tell me if the operation was a success. I could easily kill you now, but I'm determined to have your brain. You're listening to the Really Awful Movies Podcast, a celebration of genre cinema. Hi, my name is Chris, and along with Jeff, we talk about movies that aren't really awful at all. Horror, action, kung fu, musicals, post-apocalyptic, women in prison films, and much, much more. Here's episode 348 of the Really Awful Movies podcast. 2020s Alone. Pretty terrible title. Um, I recently podcasted the South Korean uh, post-apocalyptic zombie flick called Alive. And uh, what's with these one-note, one-word, two-syllable titles? It's uh, frankly a little bit bit disappointing uh, right off the bat, but... Uh, the same cannot be said about uh, about this effort. It falls probably a little bit more into the uh, thriller camp that is uh, genre-wise, not the uh, Michael Jackson uh, you know seminal uh, album and video, but it it has more of um, uh, that kind of made-for-TV thriller vibe, but not in any way a disparaging kind of way. This one came across my radar, certainly not one upon release, which was uh, September of 2020, but rather uh, trolling through the uh, seemingly endless uh, array of uh, streaming service thumbnails as uh, you want to do in these uh, very warm uh, summer months trying to find something uh, enticing enough to pass muster and pass the sniff test and the sniff test is something that inevitably fails when either one of two things happens it accumulates less than 50% Rotten Tomatoes aggregate vote although this isn't always a disqualifier and uh, maybe less than uh, let's say 5.5 out of 10 on uh, consensus uh, IMDB uh, review ratings I mean usually you got to have one without the other and sometimes when you have critical and public 
a claim going in different directions, you have to sort of choose one or the other. I'd like to at least try and get a balance of 50% for uh, both. And I think that's uh, fair because, uh, I mean, time is precious and you don't know really what you're getting into. What you're getting into with, with Alone is a film that starts out with what is, for many people, a horror. <laughs> Maybe not a thriller, but the horror of moving. And you see what I think is, I think, a first in any of my viewing, which is a POV shot of a U-Haul van and a woman who's about to move away from where she's currently residing and, I think, north. So this is a regional horror set in the Pacific Northwest, I believe, in, it looks to me like Portland, but it could be somewhere else in, in Oregon. Uh, nevertheless, the um, protagonist, Jessica, she is recently widowed, I believe, her... Uh, her partner has passed away and she's picking up everything and moving, I think, to Seattle, or let's just say north of uh, Portland somewhere. And that entails uh, packing up everything, all her belongings, uh, choosing, I guess, to part ways with a favorite plant and uh, cutting off a lot of ties with, uh, with her family and just sort of choosing to do make this impromptu move in both senses of the term. There's a little bit of uh, development of her character at the outset and this seems to be a very uh, not well thought out sort of very extemporaneous move by the recent widow and she touches base with i believe her younger brother and then uh, she uh, avoids calls from her mom and then eventually does take them but this is really her cutting ties with her past life and the difficulties that that entailed uh, the beginning of this movie uh, is not entirely unlike Steven Spielberg's directorial debut, the uh, infamous, well, famous, uh, made-for-TV film where he cut his bones called uh, Duel, in which you have this vehicle on the road trying to run another one off. So what you have is this cat and mouse game between Jessica, this uh, widow, and this Jeep driver who is uh, played by uh, Ozark's Mark uh, Menchaca, and who bears an almost uncanny resemblance to James Hetfield, the lead singer in Metallica, uh, complete with mutton chops and uh, I think by way of maybe more of a Jason Sudeikis. Uh, it's kind of humorous uh, facial hair, but definitely uh, cuts a figure that has the, these sort of uh, serial killer type uh, frames for his glasses and is definitely a real uh, roadside weirdo. So the two of them uh, encounter one another when um, when the mysterious character uh, gets involved in this tete-a-tete -tete whereby there's this narrow passage and you can't pass on the... Uh, and there's, of course, 18-wheelers uh, coming the other way and he, he nearly causes an accident, causing... Um, Jessica to really uh, take stock of things, pull over to the side of the road and uh, get her bearings again as uh, she pulls into different uh, truck stops and uh, along the way. Now it looks like this mysterious stranger is a local and is from around uh, rural uh, Oregon and this, the two uh, see their path cross uh, a few more times. And uh, when you always see this in the horror is when you, you have a, a victim or a, a, a protagonist and they frequently make decisions that go against uh, their well-being and against their better judgment. You can't say this about the Matthias Olsen penned uh, film alone here because this character... This is played by uh, Jules Wilcox, about whom I, I know next to nothing, but she's terrific. The, the widow character of uh, Jessica makes uh, savvy, street savvy, and 
very safety savvy maneuvers as she has to tackle uh, this uh, character trying to run off, run her off the road. And I think this uh, works in the movie's favor considerably because uh, she could have put herself in peril very easily. And uh, that would have been the case in a number of these types of films, even if it were, let's say, more of a revenge thriller type thing, which I thought this uh, where this one was actually going to turn. Um, Thankfully, it actually doesn't. But there are a lot of twists and turns in this thing. Uh, I mean, you know, metaphorically as well as uh, literally. And the character of the uh, the Emerald State of uh, Oregon plays uh, just a wonderful part here. It, it almost would make, would make you want to do a road trip from like British Columbia down to the, the Pacific Coast Highway down to California. I mean, the lush surroundings and uh, making use of the de rigueur overhead shots via drone. But you very effectively get the sense that there is a dense, dense thicket of trees and you really are far removed from uh, urbanity or urban life. I mean, you could, uh, this really works in the film's favor because if you're on some sort of, uh, I guess, very desolate interstate, you can't just pull off on some rural side road and uh, hope to get yourself to safety because it's going to pull you out of your, uh, your, your destination. Ultimately, you're just best to put a pedal to the metal. And besides, uh, Jessica has this U-Haul uh, in tow uh, hmm, yeah, no pun intended there, but yeah, she has to make a sort of safety considerations for the fact that she's towing, uh, you know, hundreds of pounds of uh, weight behind her. And I think that makes this thing very effective because there, it is remote. There's nowhere to go save for the odd, uh, creepy, uh, you know, off the beaten path, uh, road stop. But that's, if anyone's done any sort of, uh, road trips or long form traveling, you know that you can't just, you know, hightail it into some, uh, random side, uh, side road, which uh, might not be paved and might be even farther removed from uh, from the population and uh, and from safety so you have these people and their paths cross and I'm gonna heavily spoil this thing so if you really do want to check it out I suggest you do so before uh, tuning in again but uh, what you have is a um, the characters the character of the uh, the stranger um, mock breaking down in, in the middle of one of these uh, you know these uh, rural passes and he's got his um, his vehicle parked perpendicularly across the road so Jessica has no choice but to slam the brakes uh, and see what's up now um, in a bit like I mean speaking of Oregon uh, this is a little bit like Ted Bundy because the mysterious stranger has his arm in a sling and is possibly uh, trying to do that to uh, you know to, to humanize himself and to make him seem like uh, he's the one who's vulnerable so that he can better ask for help and as a turns out later in the narrative this is not the first woman he's uh, tried to kidnap and and murder and that's something that comes into play later so uh, a la Bundy the um serial killer whose uh, roots are in uh, the Pacific Northwest, but he, he does have uh, his arm in a sling and uh, he does, you know, try to lure Jessica out of her vehicle, but she's not having any of it until he forces his uh, way in. And uh, ultimately, you, you have this setup whereby uh, he kidnaps Jessica and uh, she's in the, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the murder basement, essentially. She's stuck in some random rural basement. It uh, looks like it's uh, far removed from any sort of uh, civilization. Uh, she has some basement windows, so there's a, a high ceiling and uh, she's left to her own devices there uh, intermittently. Um, visited by the uh, by the stranger who brings her, you know, the odd uh, toiletries and food and whatnot. 
you know, again, this character is very, very resourceful. And unlike uh, other films of this ilk, this takes you in a different direction. So what you have is uh, Jessica who sees a, a, a nail, uh, par partly, I guess, uh, beaten into a, um, a support beam. And she uses her sweater to extricate the nail out of the beam and manages to, uh, I guess, rest open the... Uh, the the lock so for for this door and she manages to um, escape and run into the woods so what you think would be like a dual style movie and a, and a highway horror quickly morphs into a survivalist terror as she hightails it into the deep dark uh, brush of Oregon and um, eventually steps on some kind of uh, you know pointed uh, tree branch and injures her foot severely uh, eventually hurls herself into the rapids uh, and this movie takes on even a deliverance kind of feel the James Dickey novel but it, it really I mean takes things in different directions so you have a, a hunter who appears on the scene who's a good Samaritan and uh, who the stranger convinces that uh, Jessica is, is off her meds and um, has people looking out for her best interest because she's got mental health challenges so it really is it plays upon uh, you know this the you know the good Samaritans uh, good nature and uh, tries to twist the scenario into something that favors the stranger and it puts the the good Samaritan into an incredible predicament uh, which is just one of the many different scenes you don't see coming I mean frequently in the horror space you have a good Samaritan who helps out and you're, the audience is meant to take a, a much needed uh, breather and you could sort of see how this person could um, play heavily into the uh, protagonist's uh, escape and recovery only to be murdered by some supernatural force and uh, to be quickly dispatched. Well, you know, this one you think that's where this could be going but there, again, so many twists and turns of this film and uh, the Good Samaritan named Robert, who is out hunting, eventually, you know, meets his maker, uh, unfortunately, as the, uh, the stranger uh, you know, gets the better of him. I mean, this thing, it, it does fit into, I think, what uh, Jeff and I have discussed in the pro podcast, uh, something like uh, Unhinged or one of the other uh, Oregon you know, regional type horrors. I mean, this is a, a box, so this did a box office of only a half a million bucks. This looks very low budget. The film stars a very capable actress uh, in the Jessica role played by Jules Wilcox, who doesn't even have an entry in uh, Wikipedia. So there's not, not the most uh, prominent uh, marquee players in this film. Uh, the director and we're going to segue into uh, what we learned here, but the director, John Hyams, has done some of the, um, I guess, Universal Soldier sequels, and I guess he's got some sort of pedigree because his father, Peter, uh, directed some uh, genre films in the space that many of our uh, uh, listeners will probably be familiar with, uh, like The Presidio and The Relic and uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme and uh, Time Cop. So, I mean... Um, uh, he, you know, he comes to this one and just has a really deft uh, directorial touch. And I mean, who would have thought uh, when I first saw encountered this, I saw like a very glaring and very uh, conspicuous 92% uh, Rotten Tomatoes. And I thought, okay, here we go, here we go. But I mean, man, does this really, really deliver the goods? And uh, 
It's interesting when you see, I mean, everyone can relate, at least on these shores, uh, going on a road trip and, um, and maybe being on some misbegotten, sort of off the beaten path, uh, dirt road and not wondering where the hell you are and maybe uh, concerned about breaking down. I mean, uh, not so much when uh, cell coverage is so ubiquitous, but I remember growing up uh, and losing, losing my way around a different, uh, in particular, I remember two uh, streets having the same name and me being on one of them and not the right one and being far too west of where I should have been and encountering some random you know, railway crossing just in the absolute middle of absolute nowhere and uh, it's a very disconcerting very very alienating feeling and it's something that a movie like The Hitcher will have really uh, played upon but I mean uh, for its fault, I mean, you could say that uh, potentially there's a over reliance on like a, you know, that uh, convention and horror of the lightning flashing and thunder occurring to maybe ratchet up the tension a bit, which I think is uh, unnecessary here. And when you have this uh, showdown between the stranger and uh, Jessica, but it really is used, I think, just to um, make more manifest the um, the visuals because anyone who spent any time camping or in a deep dark uh, brush knows that it's incredibly difficult to find anyone even if you have a flashlight hell it's really difficult just to find your tent and your belongings and it's easier to stray very easy to stray off path and uh, so when you have this uh, almost hammer horror style uh, corny uh, lightner, lightning and thunder it kind of takes away a little bit from the proceedings and I think they could have I, I think generally speaking actually and you could uh, I, I think in the last uh, 10 years when there's been an over-reliance on uh, let's say post-production touch-up and I think there's been a lot of uh, a lot of sameness in cinematography that's changed since in the last 10 years but there was a trend with the uh, torture porn era towards a lot of blue hues and that kind of thing in cinematography and I think it's an artifact of the production process but uh, a lot can be said about showing very little and uh, the first te Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a prime example of uh, showing darkness and uh, and relying the, the viewers needing to rely upon the psychological logical underpinnings of uh, filling in uh, the, this gestalt of what is in the space that can't be seen. And I think with Alone in the middle of the woods, they could have played upon that and instead of the corny clapping of thunder and, and lightning and all that, they could have just had you know, the lone shining uh, spotlight as uh, Jessica cowers in the bush. Um, Another thing when it comes to horror, really, that Friday the 13th and Jason Voorhees accepted, and that killer almost has supernatural predilections and ability to track down anyone, regardless of whether they've... Uh, whether they think they've absconded and disappeared, but uh, if you're in the bush, like as long as you stay somewhat close to the trail and uh, take cover, no one will find you. I mean, if you just stay put and just hide under some leaves and uh, y y cover yourself, I mean, it's virtually impossible to find anything. I mean, unless someone's aided by a search and rescue dogs or a, 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 some sort of rescue helicopter, you're fine just staying put. You don't need to constantly find help or look for the road or look to the road I should say but you can stay until your uh, the, the uh, danger is passed of course that doesn't make for the most gripping of, uh, of uh, narratives to film that's for sure so yeah, another thing I've learned while we're at it here is, uh, well, it's not uh, listed in the uh, Wikipedia entry, but I noticed uh, something is kind of odd, and it's a stupid little detail, but uh, Yardley Smith, the uh, French-born actress who uh, famously plays, I think, uh, Lisa Simpson on uh, The Simpsons, 
she produces this thing. And uh, I mean, Yardley is a very uh, uncommon name, and that sort of uh, tipped me off right at the beginning. Um, a poster for this one, not maybe the most uh, creative, but it actually does recreate a scene that I thought was really particularly uh, compelling, where you have this uh, shot of uh, a very frazzled and, uh, and uh, not well rested uh, Jessica looking in the rearview mirror and seeing those lights and uh, coming toward her and the desolate road. So, I mean, she is being tailed. Uh, at one point, she tries to call 911 and obviously doesn't know where she is in order to be able to send uh, first responders to be dispatched. So uh, it also um, has really a quite vivid uh, imagery of local uh, rest stops and also these flea bag motels that seem to line these uh, interstates. There's a pretty funny uh, Bill Burr uh, bit about <laughs> roadside motels and how you're basically just... Uh, one door away from being murdered because you're you know it's right out into the parking lot essentially and uh yeah i i think similarly too and i, I was thinking back to my own uh, road trip experiences particularly when uh, some friends of mine and i uh, rented a car drove down to new orleans uh, and we stayed in this uh, really really uh, sketchy and uh, horrible establishment called the uh, le petit motel and it was uh, within uh, sight line of three to four bail bonds offices and, uh, and, and a short walk from the uh, parish uh, New Orleans State Prison. And, and the denizens of this place, I think you could tell, were uh, you know, criminally affiliated, shall we say. And uh, we had a rental car, which we frankly are surprised we were able to bring back to Toronto. But uh, we had people banging on our door. There's all sorts of interesting uh, demi-monde uh, elements hanging out late at night at all hours and uh, one thing that was particularly weird was you had to get your towel through bulletproof glass at the front desk uh, concierge so this was a scary place uh, not only the region and this part of new orleans uh, this was a very uh, uh, scary accommodations that we selected very very bates motel but anyway uh, you know, alone makes amazing use of that makes excellent use i think one of the best uses of remote like uh, pastoral forest uh, thickets and it's just the, the the distance that you feel from civilization is really underscored by a terrific scene setting and with horror so much about place it really does really well with this and um, i think star rating i mean i'm gonna have to uh uh, echo what everyone's saying. I mean, uh, okay, my bad. 95% based on uh, Rotten Tomatoes uh, reviews and uh, Metacritic, it's a little lower, but uh, favorable and one that's, I think, very well executed with a lot of twists and turns that invests a lot of smarts into its victim, who's nobody's victim. She's incredibly resourceful, does everything right, and yet still uh, falls prey to this uh, creeper. And uh, another twist, I guess, before I sign off, too, is that this uh, stranger, this creeper, is also a family man, and the denouement factors into that as well. And it, there's a touching scene where uh, Jessica is cowering behind a door and overhears this guy's conversation with his young daughter and calls her bug and uh, various uh, little affectations. And, and you see that the, in addition to him being a, just a monster, he's compartmentalized the fact that he's a doting dad of a very young girl and, uh, and a happy, well, family man. I mean, insofar as like the aforementioned uh, Ted Bundy was too, who was a stepdad to a young girl. So the parallels there uh, are, are evident as 
as well, but this movie I'm going to give like a solid three and three quarters, almost a four of its type. I mean, it really depends on uh, how you, uh, whether you favor this kind of thriller or kind of a hybrid film, but I mean, the performances are just so so solid and it's really nice to see someone who is it just makes all the right moves and uh, is still i mean uh, placed in uh, mortal peril and uh, like people often accuse you know horror films of being uh, misogynistic which i think is a little bit of addle-brained and unless you want to like maybe justify your terms and say uh that if you want to just like maybe define misogynistic as objectifying you could say yes in the early 80s when uh, women were wanted to doff their tops at the slightest moment in order to satisfy a prurient uh, interest then you could say yes uh, that if you define misogyny thusly but in more often than not the final girls are incredibly resourceful whether it's uh, Laurie Strode or or, or uh, the the uh, you know the characters in Nightmare on Elm Street uh, you name it the, it's really a reward strength and determination perseverance and this one does as well and you have uh, upending of expectations of the stranger hiding in the back seat uh, from urban legend you actually have the uh, protagonist uh, who uh, in the final showdown uh, again the spoiler uh, manages to jump her antagonist and in uh, just beat him off with a tire iron and really I mean, there's a really very effective uh, coda to this film as well, and so I highly recommend people check this one out. It's well, well worth your time as you uh, try and uh, fight your way through the uh, really heavy-duty humidity here. And, and uh, anyway, hope to talk to everyone soon, and uh, take care. Thank mm -hmm. you.